It's part two. Have you been following along with all the buying and selling of the land that makes up Skinwalker Ranch? If you thought we were going to leave you on a cliffhanger, you were wrong. We got a lot more weird stuff to dig through at the ranch. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. And let's get back to it. Are you going to come along for the ride? See that? Look at that. That's amazing. That's not possible. That is not possible. There is some kind of intelligence operating here. And you're not allowed to talk about it. They should not have vanished, but they vanished. We are on the eve of something momentous. Will any of the fingers be pointing toward Skinwalker Ranch? So many things have happened on the properties that have not been made public going public now. All right, Kylie, you ready for part two? I'm so ready. I freaking love Skinwalker Ranch. (laughs) So ready. There's not really a lot of business to talk about. I mean, there's a giveaway going on. Enter the giveaway. That's that's the business. Do it. Do it now. I've never seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't say his name. <laughs> I've never okay, seen this is that. so weird that you're talking about this because I was listening to an episode literally today at work, like uh-huh. of a podcast, uh-huh. and they were like, blah, 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 and he wants to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, Arnold, Arnold. I was like, I can't say this man's name his first or last. And people were like, it's not that hard. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just stupid. I feel like I need to say it more sophisticated than I say it because it's just like Schwarzenegger right I think so because I say Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) and I like really go yeah me too it's really gross how I say it so it's really funny that we both brought it up in the same day so anyway I've never seen any of his movies not one and Corey's like how how I haven't either I just know he's the term I'll be back yeah wait no isn't he Mr. Freeze or isn't he in one of the Batman movies? He's in Batman Forever, isn't he? What? I feel like he's the ice guy. Hold up. Am I lying to you? How do you spell his name? <laughs> I have oh, no. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, wow. <clears throat> Terminator, Terminator. Oh, he's in Predator? I, I think I knew that. No, I knew that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. But Don't I haven't. Call. Um, I haven't seen him. him. Or I haven't seen Predator. Conan the Barbarian? Okay, I've seen that. Okay, yeah, he's in Batman and Robin. So you've seen all of these movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I just didn't know who he is. Okay, yeah, the George Clooney Batman one. He's in it. He is Mr. Freeze. I was right. Hmm. Huh. So you have seen a movie. I have not. I've never seen that movie. I've only seen the old Batmans. I've only seen the one with Penguin. With Danny DeVito as Penguin? Oh. I love Danny DeVito. That not the other is day, it Danny married. DeVito? Yeah. No way. <laughs> My favorite Batman is Batman Forever, strictly because Jim Carrey is the Riddler is ridiculous. Is it Batman Returns? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one. I watched it like a lot when I was a kid. And it's very interesting that I was allowed to watch that and not Harry Potter. I have, in case you ever Pokemon. need to know this, I have every single DC film 
on DVD that Batman was ever featured in, including TV show. And I have most of them in my bedroom right now. I also have five different Batman themed tattoos. I love Batman. I would love to rewatch Batman Returns. I got you. It's part of my childhood. You know <laughs> what? We got derailed. How did we? Oh, because I was saying do it. Like, do it we now. We really derailed so fast. Sorry, guys. We're like, we really like movies. We, like, we secretly are cinephiles. Like, if we didn't have this podcast, you, Corey, and I could create such a good film photography, like, cinematic. Do podcast. not tempt Corey because he wants to do that so bad. We could call it cinema porn oh cinema porn i like that but i was i was thinking of like an alliteration like fun final film fest or something i don't know something stupid okay so skinwalker ranch (laughs) (laughs) so the giveaway enter the giveaway (laughs) do it now we have a lot of entries a lot of entries it was a little more we thought we were gonna get we're really proud of you guys yeah we are super appreciative of that so definitely um it also helped us make some new friends and stuff you guys are really awesome speaking of that actually reminded me i really want to give a shout out right now shout out oh i said it that way shout out (laughs) drum roll you're stressing me out sorry you're on some other level right now it's been a long long day Okay. Of trusting in Jesus. Big shout out on Instagram to, and I'm so sorry if I pronounce this wrong, Sadima86. You are awesome. You're so nice. You went out of your way to wish me happy birthday. You also just start up really good conversations with us. You quote me, quote, yeah, you quote me back to me like on the stuff. You're (laughs) such a true MVP. A plus to you. I appreciate you as a human, and I just wanted you to know that. Gold star. You get two gold stars. Ooh. Everyone else gets one. You get two. Two gold stars. <laughs> All right. I guess that's enough of the business. The business. Just, uh, start this monstrosity that is the Skinwalker Ranch. Let's do it. I'm so excited. <clears throat> I'm so excited. <laughs> what is it from? I'm so excited. No, 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 no. I'm I'm thinking of something like a, like a villain or like plankton. I'm so excited. Oh, it's it's Invaders M, I think. Never seen it. That's a problem. Okay. <clears throat> so if you guys remember where we left off last time was at the end of 1996ish when the Shermans had just sold the ranch. Uh Terry and Gwen Sherman had just sold the ranch. They had sold the ranch for $200,000 to a man named Robert Bigelow, who was a UFO enthusiast from Las Vegas. The deal had closed in September, and we were just getting ready to talk about how this man was really, really into the paranormal. But before we start that, you know I gotta throw a history lesson in. If you guys haven't noticed... I love my history lessons for you guys. You'll learn a lot. You'll be able to win Jeopardy if you just listened to us enough. (laughs) In another life, you were a history teacher. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. So in between the Shermans owning the ranch, 1995 rolled around. So this is a year before Robert Bigelow had actually bought the ranch. Life outside the ranch had some things happening. NIDS. What is NIDS? I know you know. 
but I'm going to tell you. So there is a big part of the alien world that has to do with groups and organizations like MUFON, Nightcap, um, NIDS, different ones. And this was a 1995 organization that was founded and privately financed to be a research organization to advance and study fringe science, paranormal topics, and ufology. This organization called NIDS stands for the National Institute for Discovery Science. It was started in Las Vegas, Nevada, founded by Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow. So you can kind of see where this is lining up. And you know now that Robert Bigelow definitely has his hands in the paranormal little like bucket so far. So Deputy Administrator Colm Keller, who is essentially Robert Bigelow's right-hand man, along with George Knapp, and you're going to hear both those names come up a lot today. Also, if you read Skinwalker book, they are the authors of it. Well, Colm Keller was quoted as saying, the organization was not designed to study UFOs only. We don't study aliens. We study anomalies. Okay. They're, <laughs> they're the same thing in a lot of people's minds, but not our minds. Okay. I love your little play-by-play of your feelings. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that anomalies are very different than aliens. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure science actually probably proves that. No, no, no. They are science. Okay. They're, they are science. <laughs> they are. They are equally the definition of science. <laughs> they go hand in hand. <laughs> so NIDS created a hotline and this was established by the organization in 1999 and it was to receive reports of odd occurrences. Literally, that was the only thing they said. Odd occurrences, call in. Had something odd? Call it in. one 800 odd occurrence. one 800 odd occurrence. Excuse me, yes, sir, I have an odd occurrence. Ah, yes, yes, let me transfer you to the odd occurrence line. <laughs> There was over 5,000 calls and emails that were received by the organization, but officials say that most of them are explained by things like missile test launches or meteors. I'm just like picturing someone at a like switchboard, like the old switchboards. And they're like, oh, yes, you saw a big alien. OK, hey there. This is, uh, you know, line number two. <laughs> oh, yes, you saw a big dog. OK, here's line number three. Like, <laughs> Which, Are you talking black shock style or Cujo style? Right. Let there's there's two different. Two or four. <laughs> Ma'am, you said you saw a UFO. Was this cigar shaped or was it round <laughs> before I put you on the next line? Ah, uh, you said round with what, what, what color lights? Green? I'm sorry, we only deal with the blue lights. Sorry, ma'am, call back tomorrow at nine. Thanks. <laughs> tomorrow at nine is the blue lights. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost like a radio talk show where they have right. like speakers. <laughs> it's a Friday night when Kylie and I are recording. If you guys can't tell, we're like, we just ate a bunch of Chinese food. We're feeling it. The weekend vibes. We are here to have fun, guys. So sorry about our. We are here us. for it. It's because we can stay up late and we don't care. Yeah. And there's a new League of Legends character coming soon that Stop we're pretty it. hype on. Stop it. So we're like. It's a Mark's bed. Oh, we're stoked. <laughs> it's my ADCs. Okay. About NIDS, it had been rumored off and on that the organization was secretly backed by the CIA with funds or by some other federal agency that would have interest in, ident 
unidentified flying objects or the paranormal. So now that you have the concept of what NIDS is, let's fast forward back to when Robert Bigelow is actually buying the ranch. So that was established in 1995. We're going to fast forward back to 1996 when Robert Bigelow had purchased Sherman Ranch. So before I guess we jump into the ranch, we should also talk about Robert Bigelow because you need to know who he is. He is he is something else. He's a big player. Robert Bigelow was born May 12th, 1945. That makes him a Taurus. He shares a birthday with Emilio Estevez, the mighty duckling. Oh my God. It's like, who else? <laughs> I knew that no one would get it unless I say that. Or like, I feel like he's also in The Breakfast Club, whatever. But like, I don't even think of him in the movie The Mighty Ducks. I just think of that line from A Night at the Roxbury. The mighty duckling, Emilio. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, the mighty duck man. I swear to God, I was there. Of course you were. You were the one who yelled the breakfast clubber's name. I was like, Emilio. <laughs> Remember when we said we are uh, into movies a little bit? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> Um, his birthday is also National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day. Oh, okay. See, I'm going to teach you things you need to know in Jeopardy, guys. So Robert Bigelow grew up in Las Vegas, which um, Las Vegas natives, shout out to my favorite podcast, TCG, a.k.a. True Crime Guys, the best of the best. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Not like ICP whoop, whoop, just like your cool whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Robert Bigelow said in an interview that when he was eight or nine years old, he truly developed his love for the unusual with the following quote about his childhood with a childhood story. Kylie, take it away. I began to hear the stories about members of my family that had had a couple of very good sightings and one was a close encounter. They didn't see actually living creatures. What they saw was an object that they thought was an airplane on fire at first. They stopped their car. It was nighttime, and the object was coming right for them. It grew bigger and bigger in every short time, a matter of maybe seconds, until it filled up the windshield. Then they realized it wasn't an airplane on fire. They didn't know what it was. Their car was stopped on the side of the road in a remote location at night, and they thought they were dead. Until, at the last second before impact, it made a right angle turn and zipped out of sight. And I remember how shook up they were, even in telling me years later. They had a very serious look on their face. So I guess he thought that makes him qualified to be the NIDS creator. From here's, from a hearsay story? Yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, I could get it how it sparks the interest, though. Especially when you're young, if that's one of your first oh, yeah. impressions. And if it's someone in your family you actually, like, look up to, like, that could set a really underlying tone. Like, you really respect this person, so yeah. you take their word to gold. And it's something that would, like, pique your interest enough to be like, okay, you're right. I'll spend my whole life dealing with this. So by the age of 12, he decided that his future was going to be in space travel. However, at a young age, he suffered heavily with mathematics and that limited his ability for jobs in the Department of Space Travel. So he chose a career that would make him rich enough to instead hire scientists with expertise required <laughs> to launch space programs. If you can't do it, pay someone to do it for you. <laughs> it's a great concept. I mean, hey, sadly, I just don't have the money to do that. That's a lot of math, though. Like that is 
Yeah, you got to know science and math for that Ridiculous math. Side note, did you ever hear about that first woman that went to space, the tampon story? Do you know what I'm talking about? I vaguely know what you're talking about, but I can't like tell you what the story is. Okay, I'm going to say it slightly wrong. I'm paraphrasing this, but the first woman that went to space was going for either a five or seven day travel. And when they were packing all of her things, they were packing her food, her clothes and stuff. They were like, oh, like sometimes your body reacts differently when you're in space and stuff. Do you think you're going to start your cycle? And she's like, oh, you know, maybe. And they were like, okay, we'll pack some tampons for this five to seven day trip. They packed her like 1000 and some tampons. They're like, we didn't know how many you'd need. And she's like, you, you are NASA. You know everything. (laughs) And you thought in five days, I'm going to need over a thousand tampons. They were like, do you, do you, do you, do you not? need that how do women work oh my god <laughs> and i'm like yep that that kind of explains the typical males actually <laughs> sorry <laughs> so i just always think about that when i think of like space travel <laughs> like that woman she took one for the team that's like so much cargo space that they could have <laughs> you know put those really yummy like things that you can get at the store nowadays the ice cream oh yeah i know what you're saying or yeah, like the, the ice cream ones. sandwiches I haven't had the cheese one. I've only had the ice cream sandwich. And I really like the ice cream sandwich ones. So Robert Bigelow did not have the concept to be able to be a space traveler. But he was really good at being a good businessman. So he made a lot of money by owning the budget suites of America's hotel chains. And then he funneled that money into other projects. In 1992, so 30 years ago, at the age of 47, Robert Bigelow tried starting a radio show about the paranormal. He called it Area 2000. It was hosted by the late, great Art Bell. It featured reports from George Knapp and Linda Moulton Howe also. Later, Robert Bigelow withdrew his sponsorships from the show, though, and Art Bell continued with it, and it later evolved into the massive popular AM radio show called Coast to Coast. I actually, like... I think those are my favorite episodes of Necronomapod. The coast to coast like readout ones. Yes. I love Art Bell. So I knew of Art Bell before Necro. And then when they started doing those, I was like, no way. This is the happiest thing ever. They around Halloween time, this podcast does them and they do what art called ghost to ghost, which is the Halloween episodes. And they read out the best Art Bell episode. If you like paranormal and you like like kind of just loose simple call-in things art bell shows are awesome aren't they all on youtube yeah Yeah. and you can i think on the website too it's kind of like to me a radio version of the show tales from the crypt that's what Mm. it reminds me of kind of just like short sweet i never saw the show but i have it all on dvd of course you do (laughs) in my bedroom right now how do you have any space in your bedroom (laughs) no (laughs) got a lot of random stuff in there (laughs) So shout out to Robert Bigelow for actually that one really sick thing that he did in life by secretly creating Coast to Coast because that was the best thing ever. In 1995, he then went and created the next thing, which was NIDS, to continue his paranormal research. In 1996, Robert Bigelow bought the ranch. And that's where we fast forward. So pretty much all this up to this point has led us right in a big circle to where we left off last week. That was a long way to get here, but you came along for the ride and here we all are. Hey, here, here's the recap. We needed it. So when Robert Bigelow bought the ranch, 
he ended up allowing Terry to keep some of his cattle on the property because when Terry ended up relocating to a different farm about 20 miles away, it was much smaller. So he wasn't able to keep all of his livestock at the new ranch. Which, if you remember, part of the reason Terry sold the ranch and was moving away was because his cattle was getting abducted and mutilated and stuff. Right. And so now he doesn't have room. And so Robert Bigelow was like, why don't you leave your cattle here, Terry? So that they can die. If I was Terry, be, be like, mutilated. Fuck no. <laughs> right? What the fuck you mean? That's the one thing I want to take with me is my goddamn cattle. Right. So when a deal was struck between the Sherman and Bigelow men, Robert Bigelow had hired Terry also to be an overseer of the ranch, kind of like a ranch hand on the property because he knew that Terry would know the area better than anyone else because he had lived on the ranch for so many years. In the same year of 1996, James Randy, who is a Canadian American stage magician (laughs) and a scientific skeptic who extensively challenges paranormal claims in society. Like, He's an asshole. Um, (laughs) He awarded Robert Bigelow the Pegasus Award, which is an award given to someone for being a paranormal fraud. And he like went on record saying like, Robert Bigelow deserves this. And Randy said that Bigelow deserved it because he funded the purchase for the ranch and because he supports John E. Max and Bud Hopkins investigations. So the award category designated when Robert Bigelow got it was quoted the funding organization that supported the most useless study of supernatural, paranormal, or occult. What a title. Sounds like an asshole. Yeah, he's kind of just a dick. I just thought that was like a little fun fact to throw in there is like this one guy kind of bullied the fuck out of Robert Mm -hmm. Bigelow. I mean, obviously it didn't do anything. No, he could care less. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll put that with all my other actual trophies and money. Right. So there's a story I'm going to tell right now, but later in the news article, they will reference this story and they'll tell their firsthand accounts through quotes. But I'm going to real quick first talk about how it's described in the book. So on March 10th, 1997, Colm and Terry came to check on the cattle and a calf. While working, Terry left to do some other tasks. And he returned to then check on the cattle after about 40 minutes. When he returned, he said the baby calf was mutilated, ripped open with ribs showing, had three legs spread out in different directions, and the fourth leg was ripped completely out of the socket laying in a field a bit away. But again, like the other cattle mutilations, there was no blood at all around the scene. But the baby... Someone made a joke on our Instagram about cattle decapitation, like the band. Oh, okay. Because I threw it out there last time. Like I yeah. made the joke and they were like, wow, this is a weird poster for cattle decapitation or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I cracked up. It was, it was really <laughs> funny. I think that might have been Amanda. So if it was, shout out Amanda. <laughs> you were very funny. You made me uh, chuckle. So the cattle mutilation is still happening. And it was said that Robert bought some of Terry's cattle. Like when Terry also was like leaving his cattle there, he was like, Hey, can I buy some off you so that you also have, you know, spare money or whatnot, but so that I can use them specifically for um, bait pretty much like to see if it's going to keep happening. Poor cows, poor moo-moos. Very poor, poor mill tanks. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> 
the Pokemon. It's a cow Pokemon that's pink. It's really okay. cute. It looks like my cat. I'll have to look it up. My cat looks like a cow. I know she's fat. She's cute. Very cute. <laughs> In 1999, Robert Bigelow had founded his next corporation, which was called the Bigelow Aerospace Corporation, LLC. It's a space technology startup company that had pioneering work on expandable space station modules. Bigelow Aerospace at one point had planned a bold launch of inflatable orbiting space stations. They would be a destination for space tourists. By the year 2012. Mm. The company planned to offer the tourists the opportunity for a four-week-long vacation in an orbiting space station for $15 million. You really... Like, we can't even have a Pirates Marathon. You have to see Wally. <laughs> like, is that not... You've seen Wally, right? Yeah. Is that not Wally? Well, no, no. You know what this is? <sighs> Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. That too, but it's more Wally. Okay. So Bigelow Aerospace actually succeeded in these orbiting pod things. And he had two of the prototype modules on different Russian rockets, the Genesis 1 in 2006 and the Genesis 2 in 2007. And that's all the further it all went. In 2006, Bigelow Aerospace was awarded the Innovator Award by Arthur C. Clarke Foundation. In March of 2009, Robert Bigelow concluded a sorry, concluded a deal with the Mutual UFO Network, also known as MUFON, to train a special rapid response team of field investigators able to be deployed within 24 hours to a scene of a major physical trace with a UFO related event. Nowadays, Robert Bigelow tries to avoid excess media attention. He even refuses to have photos taken by the press. He denies television interview requests as well. He hasn't done one in a few years. Bigelow's potential biggest achievement was helping bring Skinwalker Ranch into the public eye to a new level that no previous owner had accomplished. The Desiree News, which we talked about last week, and if you don't know what the Desiree News is, why are you here? Because you didn't listen last week. Get out of here. Who starts on a part two? You're a sociopath. <laughs> Desiree News published another article about the ranch, trying to help people realize what was happening on the land. So we're going to read another clip from another article. This one was titled Millionaire Leads Quest for UFO Data. <laughs> In all caps again. On October 20th, 1996. Zach Van Eyck, the staff writer, quoted, Here, far from the bright lights of his native Las Vegas, the real estate magnet hopes his team of scientists can unearth the roots of the UFO folklore prevalent in this region since the 1950s. Bigelow, easily the most prominent American financier in the paranormal research field, is convinced there is more to the observations of Terry Sherman's family than the simple misidentification of mundane events. Bigelow has erected an observation building, moved in a pair of scientists, and hired a veterinarian? He always has someone on the property 24 hours a day and recording anything out of the ordinary. That's the end of the news article. Well, 
It had more. That was the most important part of the news article. So after buying the ranch under the name of NIDS, Robert Bigelow set up round-the-clock surveillance of the ranch, hoping to get to the bottom of all the paranormal claims. The surveillance was unable to capture any true footage or show proof to the public, though. People often spectate why he needs all the surveillance and guards. Rumors started spreading in the community and with the people that worked on the ranch. Some ranchers say on one occasion or two, they would see black military helicopters scanning the property only about 10 feet off the ground. Another time, a group of five military helicopters did multiple sweeps from a higher altitude. And at one point, a large red construction-type helicopter scoped the area, dangling a 12-foot-long black cylinder beneath it. So they were like, hmm, weird. I wonder um, if that was like a magnet or something. I I was thinking like a satellite, almost like a, um, what do you, old TV shows in the 90s. There's always that guy on the beach and he's searching the guy from even stevens had one also shia labeouf did Mm -hmm. what is that it's a magnet but it has a name what is it called what is this it's like this metal detector detector. (laughs) (laughs) man why was i thinking it was like such more of a like a sophisticated name and it was literally it's like literally it's like the german name like it's literally what it detects is metal (laughs) yeah that's what i was thinking was if it could be like some sort of a metal detector or something or like a but that um, is like a that right those that those work as magnets or even could it be a detector that detects like chemicals are those a thing well yeah (laughs) like um like in uh don't ask me how I know this, but like in submarines, stop it. In submarines, seamen will wear. <laughs> I wouldn't have laughed if you didn't like clear your throat before you said semen. You were like in submarines. I just wanted you to know that I was <clears throat> saying it on semen. Like <laughs> anyway, they wear a little like thing of a doodad that. To text how much like nuclear hmm. um, radiation they go in. Did you ever hear about <laughs> what? Did you ever hear about that guy, <laughs> that true crime case where the guy handmade his own submarine and took a woman down in it and then butchered her in it? Did you tell me this? Because I know it. I've heard I, this story. I, about it a I lot. yeah, no, I think you told me this. <laughs> okay. Whew. But also like dude how how do you just hand make a submarine you have exactly like you could have gone so many places a rocket or something too he did so many things yeah okay yeah i have no idea what this black cylinder could be but that is very ominous i'm thinking like a metal or chemical detector somehow on one evening in march of 1997 the biochemist colm keller who also was working for NIDS and later wrote the book, claimed he saw a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from up in a tree. That'd be so creepy to see some random thing in a tree somewhere. Very much. Well, and it's like the desert. So like, there's not like you can see from right. Like it's not like fluffy trees that are like around here. Like it's going to be like branches 
So creepy. Kylie. Yes. It's our favorite story. Oh, our favorite story. So this is the craziest story of all of Skinwalker. I personally think, and it's, it's like my favorite story. I'm taking pretty much all of this almost straight from the book because they describe it better than I could paraphrase in any way. So this needs talked about more. I think with Skinwalker, it is out there. It is the reason why people say the phrase that the veil of reality is thin at Skinwalker Ranch. And that's what leads the idea to there being a portal or entryway on the ranch. In August 1997, on the 26th, two scientists who were given the fake names of Jim and Mike were on duty to watch over a certain area of the ranch. After nothing had happened for over four hours, Jim said he decided he was going to go into a field and meditate because he claimed that sometimes when you meditate, you just open yourself up to better noticing the phenomenons that are happening around you. Around 2.30 a.m., after six hours of being on watch, they decided they were going to pack up their stuff and be done for the night or move to a different part of the ranch. They were currently in the western quadrant and were going to have to move to the eastern quadrant. But the western quadrant is where shit goes down. Wow, wow, west. <laughs> yeah, we move into the wow, wow, west. Jim noticed a light in the distance, though, about 150 feet away. He first thought maybe it was like a shard of glass or something on the ground that could be casting a light with the moon shining in the distance. But he had this weird feeling he should point it out to Mike because he thought it almost looked like it was growing bigger. Jim asked Mike to unpack the stuff and get back out the camera. Mike started using night vision binoculars while Jim was resetting up the camera and tripods. The light was still growing. Mike whispered, it's, it's a tunnel. It's not just a light. Jim was trying to take photos using longer exposures in hopes to getting a shot of whatever was happening. In the book, they describe it pretty much after each quote, he would raise it by anywhere from 10 to 15 like seconds. I don't totally know how exposures work. But it started out like the exposure he was using was only like five seconds. And then by the middle of the story, it's at like 90 seconds or something like he just keeps boosting the increments to try to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Mike said. Jesus Christ, something's in the tunnel. The hole was over two feet wide at this point, And Mike said in a very frightened voice, oh, my God. There's a black creature. There's a there's a black creature climbing out. I I see his head. It has no face. Oh my god. It just climbed out. It's on the ground. Oh my god. Oh my god, I walked away. The light started to fade. The tunnel the two men saw was now closing. Jim and Mike both felt alarmed and panicked. Mike told Jim a big black creature just crawled through that tunnel, got on the ground, and walked away. That, that's what happened. And it's lurking around here somewhere. The night vision turned the light into a 3D tunnel and a large creature, I'm thinking maybe 400 pounds, at least six feet tall. It just crawled out of the damn tunnel. Mike was sweating telling this story. The two men decided to go over to where the tunnel was. First off, couldn't catch me doing that. Nope. And when they got there, there was a strong odor of sulfur that hit both of them, which if you remember from, yes, last week, 
they smell this scent during decapitations, during when they think they see aliens. It's a scent that means almost something ominous. So when the two men are trying to explain what they saw with this creature of unknown origins, that they saw army crawling out of a tunnel that appeared out of thin air just to vanish and go missing within moments, they were told, yeah, go make a report of the incident. I, that, I have like nightmares and that is my nightmare. Mm -hmm. A large creature with no face crawling out of a tunnel. Black creature. So you can't see like anything. Army crawling, like trying to get out of this It's like a shadow. This would be a terrifying movie. Why is no one? Well, no, I would be too terrified to watch it. (laughs) That is terrifying. Also, anytime you talk about whenever they smell sulfur, do you want to know what I think about? What? Brimstone. From Shrek. Does it smell like sulfur? Yeah, when they go to the dragon's lair and get the princess. It smells like sulfur. I don't remember that. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. Doesn't sulfur smell like eggs? Yeah. Mm. I'm allergic to sulfur. (laughs) No, you're allergic to eggs. No, I'm allergic to sulfur. Oh, you're also allergic to sulfur? (laughs) I thought you were putting the two and two together. No, that's why I'm allergic to eggs is because there's sulfur in egg whites, and that's what makes me allergic. (laughs) Did you not know that? Are you serious? Yeah. No, I knew that, but like I didn't. I'm allergic to gunpowder because of it. Huh. Yeah, because like sometimes there's sulfur in gunpowder. How do you know that? How do you know that? When I got tested for allergies oh. and stuff. Um, and also one time I decided to go to a shooting range and I got like little hives on my hands and the back of my hands and on like my armpits. And I couldn't figure out why. And it's because I touched a bunch of stuff and I just got trace amounts on my skin and stuff. Why are you weird? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Says the girl who's allergic to everything on the face of the planet. Onions. Okay. I'm not allergic. Gluten. Not allergic. Okay. Peanuts. Still not okay. allergic. Sugar. Okay. Caffeine. Okay. I'm sorry. You're not allergic. You're intolerant. Yes. I have a sensitivity. I can eat them. I can eat eggs. No, you really can't. <laughs> I do all the time. I'm just I know, but you shouldn't. severely intolerant. Anyways. <laughs> wow. We are not good at keeping on track. <laughs> Another event happened in 1997. Oh, my voice just dropped in the middle of that sentence. <laughs> The Shermans were driving past the ranch and they saw four bulls in a pasture grazing during the daily cattle count. Later, Terry was leaving after finishing doing the count and he noticed the four bulls were no longer in the same area and were all missing, which was odd. He decided he was going to try and find the bulls and he looked everywhere and he couldn't find them. So he was like, well, there's only like one place I didn't check, but it makes no sense, but I'll just do it. (laughs) And he found them. He found the four bulls in an abandoned, locked shed that could barely fit the animals. To the point where, like, these animals were almost stacked on top of each other, they said. They could not, like, even turn around. They were so smushed in there. All the cattle were also seemingly drugged or in a weird state of being. Terry started knocking on the side of the trailer shed that they were in, and the bulls snapped into consciousness and destroyed the shed. 
when Colm came back, because he was on a, he was at the airport, like he had just arrived back on a flight. So when he came back, he heard the story. He started running tests on the bowls, but there was no luck. Nothing was out of the ordinary. But he did know that all the metal surrounding the shed was magnetized now. See? Magnets. Science, man. <laughs> Science. Science. So the there's an interview on YouTube that you can watch with the sheriff at the current time during this. And he says that he remembers this event being called out and he describes it really darn close, but just slight variations. Like he talks about they looked through a hole in the side of the wall instead of like knocking at the door. And that's when they heard the cattle Mm -hmm. or the bulls. And I don't know. He just describes it a little bit different, but you can tell like even a credible person like this, like he remembers this and he was there and stuff. But Guess what? I got another quote from you for the Desiree News. The Desiree News. (laughs) You did good. I really want to know if it's Desiree or Desiree. I bet this whole time we're pronouncing it incorrectly. They're actually like, it's just, it's just desert. We just spelled it wrong. But thanks, guys. (laughs) Okay. So this one comes from Mysteries of the UFO Ranch in Spotlight. And this is the first one that is not in all caps. It was published April 22nd, 2006. So this is actually published many years later than where we're at in the storyline. Because in the storyline, we're in 1997. But during this 2006 article, they say, can you guys recall what happened in 1997 and tell us the stories? So they tell what happened during that time. That's why we're throwing it in here so you can hear the firsthand account. But keep in mind. This came at 2006, so this many years has passed now. This is a very long quote by Colm Keller, and I'm just going to start it off. I'll tell you when it's done, but it's, it's a long one. Many haunting mysteries happened to NIDS researchers after they arrived in March 1997. One of those still unexplained events involved the mutilation of an 84 pound calf that occurred just minutes after the animal had been tagged by the ranch manager. We were fortunate to get the vets and the full NID staff up there in five hours. It was 10 a.m., March 10th, 1997. The ranch manager and his wife had just tagged it, and their dog started acting strangely. They went back to investigate 45 minutes later, and in that field, in broad daylight, there was the calf and the body cavity empty. One of the strangest things was there was not a drop of blood on the animal or on the ground. Most people know if an 84-pound calf is killed, there is blood spread around. It's as if all the blood had been removed in a very, very thorough way. The calf incident was the opening topic. That early summer and stretching into late summer, there were multiple incidents. The researchers saw large, ferocious animals with piercing yellow eyes, Although they were seen, they left few tracks, and in a few cases were not injured when struck by bullets. Three eyewitnesses saw a very large animal in a tree, and also another large animal at the base of a tree, which was shot but never found. After I fired at a creature with a rifle, it disappeared. It was then that I saw it. A single, obvious, oval track, about six inches in diameter, embedded deeply into the patch of snow. 
It looked unusual. A single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of a prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge. And from the depth of the print, a very heavy creature. We had videotape equipment, night vision equipment. We started hunting around the tree for a carcass. There was no evidence whatsoever. It was very difficult to gather that kind of evidence consistent with scientific publication. So that's Colm's recollection. And that's the cattle story I told you at the beginning. Mm hmm. So there it is, even in Colm Keller's. And Colm's a pretty... Point of view. Huh? His point of view. Yeah. But he's a pretty well-known person in the paranormal world. Like, he's a, a credible person as far as paranormal go. The same problem was encountered when flying orbs were seen by several people. Expensive audio and video recording devices were meticulously placed, but produced nothing. And one time, the NIDS team found their equipment vandalized. With tape wires ripped apart and no evidence at all to point to the culprit or culprits who had wreaked this havoc. That's the end of the news article. There was also another instance where Colm tried capturing the event of the blue orbs, but he said whenever he could get around to getting his camera ready, they would disappear as if they were almost like mocking him or something like, we don't want to be caught. He sounded upset and frustrated whenever he would discuss any of this because he just wanted to show proof and no matter what, it never worked. It's like he relies on science and proof and evidence and all he wanted was that and he can't seem to get it. He was really upset. There were stories of people having their thoughts being controlled by telepathic events as well. Again, not able to be proven, but that does coincide with alien tactics that we've heard in other stories. There were issues with cattles being herded, like when they're grouped together to be moved from one area to another. But nothing would be hurting them, like there wouldn't be a dog or someone with a whistle, like anything like that. So there was no reason for these animals to be moving like that in the way they were. This was also uh, this would also cause an issue when the animals were doing this, because at that time, compasses and the magnetic pole that a compass uses to sit correctly would not work. So something magnetic was discharging in the area that would make these cattle feel the need to go into a herd and also just not allow magnets to work. Again, magnets. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Every time we say something really prolific and <laughs> profound, Kylie is just going to go, magnets. Magnets. Colm and many of the scientists would talk about a feeling of doom when a certain smell would come out of nowhere, and they would almost feel as if their life was endangered or being threatened. As the paranormal occurrences kept happening at the ranch, a lot started happening before Bigelow would end up selling the ranch. Again. Again. I'm going to go over a concise-ish, concise for Athena, timeline. So let's begin. 2004, NIDS was shut down, replaced with BASS, which is the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. BASS was a more secretive mission statement than NIDS, but it did have government sponsors. BASS was a sister company to the Bigelow Aerospace Corporation LLC from 1999 that we discussed earlier. 
and it is a research organization that focuses on the identification, evaluation, and acquisition of future technologies worldwide, specifically relating to spacecraft. Did you get all that? Breathe. (laughs) In 2005, Colm Keller and co-author George Knapp published the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, in which they described the ranch being acquired by NIDS to study sightings of UFOs, Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, glowing orbs, and poltergeist activity reported by former owners. According to Colm and George, they saw or investigated close to 100 different evident events. In 2005, one event was unexplainable, but it had a witness that people would say is very credible. A retired U.S. Army colonel named John V. Alexander had witnessed an event that he said was nothing shy of a paranormal and unexplainable one. It lends the idea that people in official standing positions of military were now talking about things regarding UFOs, aliens, or the paranormal. By the way, a current update on Alexander's life. He is 84 years old. He lives in Las Vegas, Nevada with his wife, Victoria, and they are UFO researchers. Super cute. So cute. In 2005, there was online evidence of Richard Oliver and two other people having an extreme close encounter while camping next to Skinwalker. You can watch it on YouTube. It's an hour-ish long. It's, I hate saying this. It's kind of boring. But it's, (laughs) it's like, it's boring because they're really slow because it's trying to show different parts of evidence but it's their firsthand account of seeing paranormal events occurring on the ranch in 2007 an unnamed agent from the dia which is the defense intelligence agency who people believe to be james t lakatsky contacted robert bigelow and requested to come see the ranch in person robert bigelow agreed and the agent had a another close encounter by someone in an official standing while at the ranch. He then reported this experience to his superiors, which fueled Senator Harry Reid into donating $22 million to the study of the ranch. In 2007, ATIP and OSAP launched secret investigatory efforts that were funded by the U.S. government to study unidentified flying objects on Skinwalker Ranch. Kylie! You know what we haven't done in a hot minute? What? Some trivia. Oh, great. Am I going to know anything? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Kylie, what do you think in your amazing years of experience studying all the crazy things you studied, meaning the past like few weeks, what does ATIP stand for? I have no idea. (laughs) You don't have a guess? You even like told me weeks ago and I just I don't remember at all. Do you want to guess any of the letters? Nope, I don't remember any of it. Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Bam. Bam. <laughs> all right, Kylie, round two. Make up for it. You got this. You ready? <laughs> what does OSAP stand for? Um, Is the first word advanced? Um, Of this one? No. Is the second word aerospace? (laughs) Are you going to guess what each one is? I think the P is paranormal. Oh, wait. Did you ask if the first one is advanced? It is. Or is it phenomena? I'm sorry. 
You you were you were right at first. It is not phenomena. Is it paranormal? Nope. Okay, then I have no idea. I did lie to you. I'm sorry. It was advanced. I didn't mean to say that. I I still don't know what it is. <laughs> it is the Advanced Aerospace Weapon Systems Applications Program. Oh, program duh. is program. Duh. <laughs> Why do you oh, remember that? Like program would be like a normal thing that people would say in a normal, you know, what's the word I want? Well, it is a program. What's the word I want? Say d- daily setting. No, like the. Oh, my God. Why am I blonde? Abbreviation. Oh, <laughs> well, I kind of also gave you the hint when I said the A-tip and OSAP launched secret investigatory. No, nope, I don't ever pick up on that stuff. <laughs> oh, just wait for part three, Kylie. It's going to oh, be so fun. Great. I'm going to play a, a trivia game with Kylie in part three. So you guys really got to stick around. I'm going to make her name literally all the like fun UFO themed alien um, acronyms. Plot twist. I have a horrible memory and I won't remember any of it. I've given her all the answers more than once, so (laughs) good luck. I played it with myself, like, before I knew the answers, and I got, what was it, like, all but one, mostly? Like, yeah, I think I got, like, all but one. And it was, the the fucking one that I got was fucking stupid. It was not even. Was it stupid? It wasn't even about aliens. (laughs) It's just, like, about funding Area 51. Fucking. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to know that at all. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. All right, so that one, before we had fun, left us off in 2007. In 2009, the Pentagon program director supposedly claimed the United States is incapable of defending itself against some of the technologies discovered, (laughs) meaning discovered at the ranch. The Senator Reid tried to unsuccessfully heighten program security due to extraordinary discoveries and Much progress has been made with the identification of several highly sensitive, unconventional aerospace related findings. My goodness. (laughs) All these people are saying so much without saying anything. Right. I feel like they're just like throwing out really big words to make it sound better than it actually is. I feel that. (laughs) They're making it hard for me to read things. In 2011, OSAP lost its funding and closed. The reasoning they said was due to lack of real progress and concerns with the viability of the program. So all their evidence and files were collected from OSAP and transferred to ATIP. Kylie, remind them one more time what ATIP is. No, don't do don't do that to me. <laughs> Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Jesus. I won't remember that. And I say OSAP as a swap in my head every time. <laughs> Don't ask me that one either. <laughs> An A tip is A A tip. A tip. A tip. A Ron. A Ron. All the evidence and files collected made A tip have an extensive documentation section now, but all of them that were transferred from OSAP to A tip, and the portfolio was managed by a man named Lou Alonst. Let me retry that. Lou Alonzo. Lou? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it would come to me the more I tried. Lou. Elizondo. Elizondo. (laughs) Elizondo. Because Elizabeth. Elizondo. Oh, that's what you're trying to do? No, that's not even close. Okay. Lou Elizondo. Elizondo. Lou Elizondo. He is an (laughs) ex-intelligence officer with 20 plus years of experience. 
In 2011, ATIP also continued its studies that were now combined with the research from OSAP. Bigelow is reported to have self-funded this project with his own finances at this point. 2012, February 12th, all power was knocked out in Fort Duchesne. A strange eerie glow was seen from the sky above the town area. And with the sudden absence of power, most people say a massive UFO was seen. And this was seen by multiple witnesses. In 2012, now Bass lost its funding from the Department of Defense. Kylie, what's Bass? You want to know what I think of every time you say Bass? Oh, God, what? Bigelow ass. (laughs) (laughs) I know the first word is Bigelow. That might be the funniest thing you have <laughs> potentially Bigelow ever ass. said ever. Yep. Bigelow ass. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> uh, actually, um, <laughs> I'm really not like it actually says Bigelow. I mean, it says bass, but uh, Bigelow ass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to know how many times you can say Bigelow ass in one sentence, I think. Because <laughs> that was... A lot. That was really Bigelow assy. Bigelow okay. ass. It's kind of fun to say. It is the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. You wanted to say Bigelow ass, though. Oh, did I? Is that yeah. what I wanted to say? Yes, you did. <laughs> so Bigelow ass lost its funding from, <laughs> from the Department of Defense. The ATIP contract expired and is now no longer being renewed due to the fact that Lou Alonzo's public explanation that officials fear the public may learn about the program and the potential misappropriation of the taxpayer funds. Because remember, they put $22 million. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like chump change. It was a lot. lot That's a lot of money. From a government funded person. Yeah. Like he's politics. So in 2015, I was going to sing Blink-182 and I just went brain dead to every (laughs) single Blink-182 song that has ever been recorded in the world. Where are you? And I'm I'm so so sorry. Tom DeLonge (laughs) from Blink-182 forms To The Stars Academy. To The Stars Academy. Why does the name Tom DeLong sound so familiar? You want to know why? Because it's the dude from Blink-182 and Angels and Airwaves and all that kind of stuff. Kylie, name all three members of Blink-182. I cannot. I cannot. I'm so bad. I can't. The only band that I can name all of the members is Ice Nine Kills. I thought you were going to say ICP. No. (laughs) Uh, Mark Hoppus, Tom DeLong, and Travis Barker. And I can only... And there's only three people in that. I can only name Ice Nine because I've interviewed Ricky. (laughs) Like, come on, Kylie. You're killing it here. (laughs) And I've hung out with them in the same room multiple times. Study up before the next part. (laughs) No! (laughs) You have to be able to sing three Blink songs before the next episode. No, I'm kidding. Mm -mm. So Tom DeLong founded the To The Stars Academy. The company was founded in 2017 as a public benefit corporation... Its true founders are Jim Simavan, who is a former senior intelligence officer with the CIA, Harold E. Puthoff, and Tom DeLong. All three created this. In 2015, also, if you guys just don't know, side note, Tom DeLong is balls fucking deep in alien shit. 
he is so deep into space like exploration space themes aliens paranormal things like that i never would have guessed that yeah like that's actually part of also the reasoning of like the angels and airways name and if you look into him a lot you'll find out like yeah he's he's really really into that stuff balls deep i didn't (laughs) mean this use that phrase but it's like a phrase i use a fucking time. it's it's the phrase you use now it's i don't know i use a lot of really stupid phrases i lived with dudes for a long time in 2015 at some point jeremy corbell created a website called huntskinwalker.com and its purpose was to produce a documentary aided by his advisor and mentor the one and only who we've talked about many times today george knapp who is like AKA like Colm Keller is like total BFF. They like oh my God. together. <laughs> They're like the me and Kylie, but famous. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. So in 2016, Skinwalker Ranch has been sold. Again. Bum, bum, bum. It has been sold for the rumored amount of $4.5 million to a new undisclosed buyer with a very interestingly named company of unknown origin with an unknown owner (laughs) that's just like slightly a little bit more money than what it was sold for in the past yeah just like maybe a little bit more we went from stealing the land for free to five thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars to four point five million. Yeah, just a little bit of a jump. I feel like the fluctuation there is a little crazy. Just, just, just a slight influx of of money there. So if that doesn't leave you with one more cliffhanger, I don't know. I don't know what else I can do here, you guys. Twenty sixteen, we have a shady sounding thing happening at the ranch. Super shady. And I haven't even gotten to the parts where Post Malone's at the ranch. What? Post Malone? Post Malone? Post Malone? <laughs> That's the whole story, guys. Post Malone visited the ranch. And the story. That wasn't a teaser. I'm just, just letting you know, if you want to see a weird picture of Post Malone, he's like chilling at the ranch. So at the end of today's episode, though, I am going to, uh, I'm going to have Corey put something in for you guys. So normally we have bloopers just so that you guys get to know Kylie and I a little better and like can laugh with us and hear how. You know, we're not perfect. I mean, you guys hear we're not perfect. We make mistakes that Corey <laughs> leaves in. But, yo, we make a lot, <laughs> lot more chatter and mistakes than that that Corey cuts. Yeah. If you haven't listened to our bloopers, like, what are you doing? Go listen to our bloopers because they are funny. You're- also, the last one, I sneezed and Thena's <sighs> not OK with sneezing. I have like, it's not like a <laughs> phobia or anything, but like I have like a true. It makes me cringe when people sneeze and like it like. Makes me twitch, kind of. I can't even just talk. It's about like when sneezes right now. It's like when someone is like, you know, like grinding your teeth. Oh my god! Yeah, or like nails on the sneezing. chalkboard. That's the only sound I can. Yeah, it's with. like the same thing. I think it's because it sounds wet, but it's kind of dry. <laughs> I don't know. Ugh, I don't want to keep talking about this. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting really stressed talking about the sneezes. Um, I'm so off track. Fuck sneezes. Oh I'm sorry. God. Go listen to our bloopers because they're really funny. <laughs> no, that's not even what I was going to talk about. Okay. So before or after wherever Corey puts it in, there's going to be a story by Chris Porritt. Chris Porritt was the sheriff during the time of some odd occurrences that happened on the ranch. And earlier I mentioned how he is interviewed on YouTube. 
He was interviewed on YouTube, and we're going to put some of his recollections of stories at the end of this episode, just so that you guys can hear it from someone who was firsthand there and like firsthand saw it and kind of how they remember things at Skinwalker Ranch. So with that, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end it and you'll be coming back for part three of Skinwalker. Part three. And I will only do three parts, guys. Are you sure? I'm not big on multi-part episodes like i like one or two max but this one i just I, oh god skinwalker is way too big we'd be here for like seven hours recording one episode and i cut a lot of stuff like you can yeah. get real you know what you could do kylie what you can get balls deep you can get balls deep balls deep <laughs> so i've listed the sources that i used the most in part one so i'm not gonna rehash through those but I might post my my Skinwalker book for part of the uh, Instagram post just so that you guys can see what I like to read. And, it's a cool looking book. And it's a, it's a good book. It's so fucking informative. And that that story about the thing crawling out of the hole is straight out from the book. So it's good to read. Ooh, I might borrow that book then. Go I want to crazy. read that. Part. I've already read the whole book more than once. More than once. Okay, you overachiever, you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, just, <laughs> I like things. So I'll post that on the Instagram. Kylie, what else is on the Instagram? The giveaway. giveaway? Do not forget to enter the giveaway. We have so many entries already. Um, we have the post on Instagram explaining the rules. If you have a question, like feel free to reach out to us. But um, we have that post. And... We explain them also in the Christmas character shorts episode. So if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen. And if you do enter like in the Christmas shorts, it tells you really how the entries are broken up. And if you have a question like, oh, I think I put in like four entries. I just kind of want to know. You can ask me how many entries you have, like just DM us or anything, because I have them on a like a Google sheet and I can just let you know how many entries you have in and then we're going to put them all in a random generator and some lucky two mother heckers are gonna get some lucky heckin prizes may the gods be ever in your favor i thought it was may the may the may the odds Whoa. what did i say i thought you said the gods oh i didn't mean to i didn't mean to stutter so much odds <laughs> may the odds be ever in your favor I glitched out for a minute there like i don't know what happened i couldn't load i think i just like added the glottal and uh, like I added a glottal and odds. May the glods be. I mean, <laughs> damn it, I still fucked it. <laughs> like uh, like an, when you say oh, you're just like uh. God, like, I fucking odds. love the Hunger Games. Yeah, me too. It's a guilty pleasure for me. Dude, like, same. I don't know why. I don't know why. So is the Divergent series. Oh my god, no, we've had this conversation many times because I've actually them. those are the only books I've ever read. I have them both on DVD. In my I'm room. so bad at reading books. Anyway. So, guys, we want to give some <laughs> shout outs tonight that we'd love to do. We love to thank the people that are part of the Cryptic Soup family because they really do so much for us. And we just appreciate each one of them and all their amazing qualities and just how great of humans they are. And if you guys ever need anything, you guys can always reach out to them, too. We have Damon Vakovsky, who always makes our wonderful theme songs. He rocks. And he is always willing to go the extra mile to work with us. 
you ever need some sound clips, sound bits, things. If you're a Twitch streamer, you need some sort of intro music. You need this. You need, I don't know. Maybe you just want your own goddamn theme song to put on an Instagram clip. Go crazy. We have awesome as heck artwork done by Taylor with Lab Monkey Creative on Instagram. This man truly can make anything i think he's also part of the giveaway he is so he can also make um uh gifts is that what i'm trying to think animations yeah sorry i'm trying to think of the word animation like 3d animations and like the things that he's like he'll send me stuff of his artwork where it started and like the evolution of it and it is so ridiculous i'm like my mind is blown every single time i'm like how the hell did you do that i really don't know how you did that he made our logo he made our like the creatures in the soup he drew them and everything he did that (laughs) he did that he made our 411 logo we are so thankful to have such a talented friend then we have the Almighty Corey <laughs> with core.media.photography on Instagram. I kind of sped that up. I'm going to slow down one more time. Core.media.photography on Instagram. Corey's media name is dealing with photography because he is an awesome photographer. But Corey also doesn't just do our photos, he edits all of our episodes. He listens to all of our stuff to make sure that we don't sound like complete fools. Then he kind of lets us act a little bit like complete fools in the bloopers. <laughs> he also helps us by keeping the dogs under control while we record. So <laughs> we have a lot of things to give to Corey. And we are so grateful that all these people are part of the Cryptic Soup fam. I actually did hear Shiro bark in the last episode. I did too. So go back to the last episode and tell me if you hear Shiro bark. Maybe we'll add that as a as part of a giveaway. Like if you can uh, tell us entry. the part or something. Like what the timestamp is. We'll give you an extra like. You got to DM it though because other people yeah, will be like, oh, it's this. How, how many entries are we going to give them? Mm. You can pick. How many entries was the uh, the joke, the inside joke? I think. Okay, so let's do four then. Okay, you get four extra entries if you can tell us where the sound bit of the, the dog barking is. <laughs> Now we're going to have to go find it. Yeah, we're going to have to find <laughs> like, it ourselves. Damn it. <laughs> we are screwing ourselves over here. Okay. Um, if you guys leave an Apple podcast or uh, if you guys leave an Apple podcast, if you guys leave <laughs> an Apple podcast review and rating, you also get an entry. Definitely throw throw some reviews and ratings out. It helps us get our name out. You can also throw a Spotify rating out. It doesn't have reviews currently, but Spotify now lets you rate things. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get that extra rating in there guys and follow us you can follow us on As say, and when you give a follow you also get an entry people have been sending us their screenshots that they're following it's a good good free entry there guys so remember get entries in and hopefully you're the next winner remember to subscribe follow tune in keep up with us and we're gonna see you on the next episode next tuesday stay tuned and Make sure to listen after the theme song. Listen after the theme song. Right here is one of the biggest tricks you ever seen what in your life. Yeah, what happened? 
Ken couldn't find three heifers. I got here just at sunrise with my horse. We rode all day long, and I said, Ken, I don't know what to tell you about your heifers. We can't find fresh tracks, you know? And he had a shed right here, and Ken couldn't get the door to open. So we started pushing on him, pushing on him, pushing on him. I pushed it open as far as I could to the inside. And I looked in there, and I said, Ken, you ain't gonna believe this. Your heifers are in this shed. And he goes, no way, how are you gonna fit three cows in there? The heifers stuffed in there is what you're saying, locked in there. They were stacked one on top of each other like this. Oh my God. <laughs> And he said, they're dead. They're dead? And I said, this not still running out of their nose. They're still alive. And I said, well, go get a glass of water and dump that right over the top of that heifer's head. He did, and that damn thing come to life. <laughs> like they'd been drugged. Drugged. And you actually saw this. With I you. seen it, yeah. That is an incredible story. Oops, I'm so sorry, Corey. I just punched the mic with my hand. <laughs> or with my fist, I guess. That's what punching is. Wow, I'm really big into drooling on myself today. <laughs> I blame all the Blaha Blast. It was hosted by none other and none other than their None other than. <laughs> I tried to give him credit and I fucked it up. It was hosted by none other than their God shit. <laughs> It was hosted by none other than... Tiny. I say it's smaller than your Jack Russell. That's weird. Or smaller than your mama's Jack Russell if it's really tiny. And if it's a small town, it's a place where everyone calls you friend. Um, another thing, if you're doing really good, like, and you're, like, really happy about it, be like, oh, you're grinning like a possum. I don't know why that was a phrase, but, I like... know what that makes me think of? Little possum No, the possum song from the Jersey movie. People oh, like older people. Last there's one. possum park. So that one was like gone by the time I was growing up. But like older people would say that. Like I would hear like my grandparents be like, "Oh, you're smiling like a possum." You're just talking into your mic. I'm talking into my mic. I'm right here talking into my mic. I need to see this though. You're in my way. You're it's not just like bless you. It's like. Bless your heart and soul, darling. Also, fuck this. You know what fucking irritated me the most? <laughs> I gotta go off on this. Trust one. in Jesus? No. Oh, was so no funny. one over the age of fucking like 40 when I was a child could pronounce my name. They would fucking call me Althea. 